0: pod bn i'll go ahead and record and you can start whenever you're
1: ready all right next episode of pod bn i'm justin i'm tyson and we are here with Jill Blair and Steve Sees to discuss the fair tax. It's going to be on the ballot. It's on the ballot now because you can vote early, but it's going to be on election day, November third. Uh, they're going to we're going to hear both sides of the issue. Jill Blair uh, has said that publicly that she's going to be voting yes. Steve sees voting no. So we want to get their reasons why and better understand what's going to be on our ballot this election season.
0: Yeah. First, let's thank our sponsors. We're going to thank Bloom's Coffee Bar. Uh, in my opinion, the best coffee in town. They are located on Tawanda. Right, right across the street from Times Past Inn, where the old post office used to be, um, swing by. They got some anything you want to have. They got cold drinks, but this time of year you're probably looking for hot ones. Delicious lattes. Um, they and man, the guy, uh, the guy in charge of it, he really geeks out on his coffee. He's got all his like different roasts, and he's matching his syrups up with it and stuff. So go ahead and stop by. They're open every day. Um, you can go and get yourself a good cup of coffee and of course our sponsors from the very beginning play normal esports and normal gadgets stop by normal gadgets to get your broken items fixed and play normal esports to have some fun in a um, properly socially distanced place have some fun playing some games with your friends
1: all right awesome want to get going yeah let's do it so hi joe let's dive
0: right in
2: Hey, right, so How's it going? Good to see Hi, you
0: guys, Tyson and Justin and Steve. Yeah. So, I, I think what we want to do first here is I know you guys have opinions on this, and that's kind of the interesting part, you know, the the uh, and the evaluation and the um, analysis of it. But I do want to just start a baseline here to talk about what is actually on the table here to make sure we have an agreements on the facts first. And um, frankly, reading the wording that's being you know, put on the ballot can be a little bit confusing. So um, maybe we could start off, Jill, you could just kind of offer what what your understanding is of the fair of the amendment. And then, um, Steve, you know, if you agree, that's great. Or if you want to kind of add on something, let's get let's get that laid out there. Sound like a good place to start.
2: Sounds good, Tyson. Thanks. Um, So the uh, amendment that you're going to be voting on is just that. It's an amendment to the state constitution. When our constitution was written back in 1970, um, the flat tax rate was written in as part of the constitution, which means that um, legislators are obligated to tax all of us at the same exact rate regardless of income. So in order to implement um, graduated tax system or tax brackets, we need to amend our constitution. So what we are voting on is to eliminate that... fair tax uh, policy or sorry, flat tax, um, from the state constitution. And then what will happen is that legislation is passed to implement the graduated tax rates. So we are not voting on rates. We are voting on an amendment to the constitution to allow graduated rates.
0: Does that sound right to you, Steve?
3: Yeah, that, and that was the one clarification that I wanted to make sure, uh, people knew, um, because there's been uh, some misleading marketing, I think, uh, on, on both sides uh, about what we're actually voting on in November. Um, and it's not the actual rates. It's not the proposed graduated tax structure. It's simply a change of wording in the Illinois Constitution uh, that would allow a graduated tax structure, among other things, uh, to, um, to take place. Uh, so, uh, the, the old language, uh, or the, I shouldn't say old cause it is still the current language, at least until November 3rd, depending on the outcome, uh, says a tax on or measured by income shall be non-graduated rate at any one time. There may be no more than one such tax imposed by the state, uh, for state purposes on individuals and one such tax imposed on corporations. Meanwhile, the new language, um, says the General Assembly shall provide law for the rate or rates of any tax on or measured by the public imposed by the state. So um, those are the two differences. There is one extra sentence in that section of the Constitution, but that sentence stayed the same. So I left it out. But that's actually what you're voting on um, when you head to the polls. Okay.
0: So there would be separate legislative action taken later to set up what that graduated or... um, I guess we can agree to call it a graduated tax rate. I think that's, that's good fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, so it's not you know fair tax is what is being marketed as, Steve. So.
3: Well, it, dep- <laughs> it depends on who's mar- who's doing the marketing, uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who's calling it what. Yeah. But okay. I-, I think graduated is, is the appropriate terminology to use. I think we can both agree on that. Yep.
0: Okay, cool. I well, was, um, was hoping that would be an easy part. So <laughs> you can kind of just... <laughs> Uh, I guess we can just open it up. Um, maybe uh, since Jill went first on that one, um, Steve, what what's your um, what's your opinion of this, and why would you be a no vote on it?
3: Sure. Well, I'll start with um, uh, regardless, uh, you know, and we can get in later. I think to the merits of a graduated income tax, but I want to talk first about the amendment uh, to the Constitution and what the differences between the the language. That we currently have and the proposed language that's being voted on uh, in this election cycle. So uh, the differences between our current language and the new language include uh, the current language specifically says everyone pays the same rate, which obviously in a graduated income tax structure, uh, that wouldn't happen. Um, the current language also specifically mentions that there can only be one tax on income in Illinois and it's by the state. Uh, obviously that's in addition to federal income tax as well. Uh, but that is a change um, from the language that we currently have. Uh, the new language uh, kind of gives lawmakers carte blanche to do whatever they want with income taxes, as far as rates and structures and brackets. And so, you know, the, the proposed graduated income tax that that currently is out there. I, I know that the there's been a popular tax calculator that people have been using. Uh, that is that is what would would happen first. So that would be the first graduated income tax structure that we would see. But there are no guarantees that we that we would have those exact brackets forever. There are no guarantees that we would have those exact rates forever. And uh, changing the language also opens the door to different tax structures than the one currently proposed by the governor. In in that proposed graduated income tax structure. The $250,000 benchmark means nothing for the long term. It's not set in stone. It can be changed at any time by the General Assembly, not by the electorate. Um, The different rates on each bracket are not set in stone, and they can be changed at any time by the General Assembly and not by the electorate. Uh, The more than one income tax, and I think this is something that people aren't paying enough attention to, Because the old language specifically says that uh, it's limited to one income tax. Getting rid of that language includes the possibility of uh, having retirement income tax. And I know that that's a controversial issue because uh, it doesn't explicitly say that retirement income will be taxed, but it does open the door for it. It also opens the door for municipal income tax in Illinois, uh, which we traditionally have not had it even it even opens the door for taxing those with a lower income at higher rates than those with higher incomes because it does not include any protections uh that would uh, help uh from preventing such such actions in the future uh Proponents of the graduated income tax probably call a lot of these claims red herrings or exaggerations they're dog whistles that never would actually happen and uh probably look toward you know a, a slip a, calling it a slippery slope fallacy like okay just because those protections aren't in the constitution anymore doesn't mean that they will actually happen but the original amendment to the to the Illinois constitution that was proposed in the senate did have some of these limitations the original proposed constitutional amendment maintained the limitation of one tax on an individual it uh, specified that the state could impose a fair tax where specifically lower rates apply to lower income levels and higher rates apply to higher income levels. For whatever reason, that was taken out. Uh, It also prohibited local governments from imposing income tax on their own. Uh, The the previous language for this same amendment said no government other than the state may impose tax on uh, measured income. And that was, that was taken out of the amendment as well. So just before voting on the proposed constitutional, constitutional amendment, um, I would suggest people just take a look at what the language actually says and what potential
1: consequences might happen. Like this happens hey, a lot. But, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, sorry to interrupt. I, I, I just wanted to clarify when you say original amendment, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the original one introduced, or at a different point? Yes, in time? the
3: original the amendment, amendment introduced, and, and the language changed okay. over time to get rid of to get rid of some of those um so okay. to get rid of that language um some people may say the it, the the specific language in the original amendment was changed to simplify it because the new language is just a single sentence um but simplifying the language also got rid of some of those specific protections um and i'll, and I'll i'm not going to ramble on here too much because i want to have i want i definitely want to give jill a chance to respond and, and i appreciate that uh, she hasn't tried to butt in or anything uh, during this and i'm going to do the exact same for her uh, I just would I would like voters to consider uh, potential uh, consequences that they might not be thinking of. This happens a lot with legislation. Uh, I, I truly feel like um, there is good intention uh, with a gra- with a graduated income tax. I don't think many people are coming at this from the perspective of, you know, I, I, I want to do harm to people. Um, but there are plenty of examples of well-intentioned legislation and uh, ordinances and other types of lawmaking uh, that leads to more negative outcomes than positive ones in the future that are unintended. Uh, You can look at our country's 50-year war on drugs as the most glaring example. Proponents of the income tax amendment are looking at the current proposed graduated tax structure um, as the intended outcome. But I encourage people to look down the road and realize that the potential consequences uh, down the road might be different than what the proposed graduated structure right now is. And uh, changing the language in the Constitution could be opening the door for bad actors to take advantage of the changed language in the future. Uh, a lot of people think that a Constitution grants people rights. That's that's not what a Constitution does. Uh, the Constitution puts limits on government. This is true for both our state and federal Constitution uh, to protect people's rights. And that's their specific purpose. Uh, the limitations being taken away with the amendment uh, could have consequences beyond just the graduated income tax, and that's that's the main reason why I'll be voting no.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, there's definitely a lot of topics to touch on and and impact there. Um, so, Jill, curious your thoughts either to respond to Steve or um, probably be better to just, I mean, maybe just baseline where you're coming from as far as your support of it, um, so as not to like anchor us necessarily on where Steve put us in there. So it's up to you though.
2: Okay. Well, I I would like to um, kind of talk a little bit to what Steve was saying. You know, the potential of unintended consequences is something to consider, but um, actual consequences, if we don't take this action, um, We are going to see income taxes increase for all taxpayers in Illinois, and um, now is not the right time to be talking about increasing taxes on middle and low-income households. So voting yes on this amendment, um, I think, is the right thing to do because it allows us the flexibility to tax the highest earners at a higher rate. And raise over three billion dollars a year in state revenue, which is sorely needed right now. Um, it's been sorely needed for a long time, but now in the in the era of um, COVID nineteen, um, we really need to be able to deliver high quality services to Illinois residents. And um, without addressing the, um, you know the. the the, re- the missing revenue in our system, um, we are not going to be able to deliver those high-quality services. That's going to affect quality of life. Um, we've seen uh population of Illinois decreasing over time. I think that will only... You know, be exacerbated if we can't restore some of our services. Um, so, just so, to kind of talk about where we were in 1970 when we wrote that that flat tax into the constitution, um, you know, the top one percent of earners in Illinois made just about ten times um, what the average income earner made, and now that that disparity is more than 20, 27 times higher. Um, so you know, over the last 45 years, um, we've seen the top earners make more and more money. The the lowest earners or average earners pretty much staying flat in in terms of earning. Um, And so we need those at the top to just kind of pay back into the system. I don't begrudge you, you know, making more money, that's great, Uh, but you're benefiting from the roads, the state schools, um, public universities, um, services that the state provides as are the people that you employ, you just need to pay a little bit more into the system um, to make it a, a fairer system and to uh, make it a great place to live, make Illinois a great place to live.
0: Um, so when you, you mentioned funding services. So um, those are, you mentioned some of those you know, infrastructure um, schools, I assume like court system too, you're talking about. Public
2: safety. Mm-hmm.
0: Public safety. Okay. Um, so, just kind of your posi- Make sure I understand what you were saying. The um, we're going to need to get more revenue to solve the budget shortfalls we have, and so who's going to be responsible for that burden? Is it going to be everyone, or is it going to be um, spread different places to different people? So exactly
2: that okay. way, you know we do have a, a budget gap we've got um, a, a wide difference between our you know spending and the revenue intake um, that's due to lots of decisions that were made in the past by lots of different administrations um, we can talk about how we got here but the more important is to talk about how we're going to move forward and address that. Um, and we need to increase revenue. We have cut spending um, on services by over 23% in the last 20 years. We, we can't afford to cut anymore.
0: Steve, what's your reaction to that?
3: Uh, I, well, I, you know, I, it, it's probably not surprising that I definitely agree that we have, um, you know, a budget issue in Illinois. I think that's perfectly clear. And it's, it's been an issue throughout different administrations, regardless of political party, throughout different general assemblies, regardless of majority. We've had this problem for a while. Um, the the route to fixing it, I think, is where Jill and I may disagree. Um, even if even if we took the approach where, okay we can't cut more, which i I certainly don't think is the case, um, I, I think there there still are a lot of ways that we can uh, we can trim down the state budget, even if but even if I were to accept that premise, uh, I don't believe an income tax uh rate hike, regardless on if it's just on part of the electorate or all of it, is the appropriate way to go um, to solve some of our budget issues. Uh, To me, the only fair income tax rate, and I I don't like to, you know, we talked about the marketing language and stuff. But uh, personally, for me, the only fair income tax rate is 0% on everyone. Uh, Seven states currently have uh, absolutely zero income taxes, and their overall financial health is not just better than Illinois, uh, it's comparatively good to all of the other states in the rest of the country. Uh, you're looking at states like Texas, Florida, uh, Tennessee, Alaska, where they have uh, universal basic income, um, South Dakota, Washington state. Uh, these are not states that are in uh, serious financial decline. They're, they're actually doing well. And five other states have income taxes that come in at just under 1% or, or uh, significantly lower than 1%. Um, the reason the only fair tax on income is 0% is because it's the form of taxation that has the smallest amount of consent uh, applied to it. It punishes people simply for their labor, uh, while other forms of taxation have some consent. For example, you know, with a sales tax or an excise tax, the individual has the option to purchase a product or not. Uh, income tax, on the other hand, uh, has absolutely no consent. And, and I think we, we've gotten to a point in our, our, in our society where we're looking at issues of consent and we're saying, OK, we need to, re- we need to seriously rethink and have a discussion about consent and, and on some of, these, some of these issues, whether they be social issues or financial issues. And, and I think it's time that we take a, take a look at that and, and look at income tax. Um, because there is no consent with income tax. It's it's time we stop the theft and, and move Illinois to a 0% income tax structure, uh, which is really the only fair rate for income tax that there is. And, and we can look at states that have been very successful with a 0% structure. Hey, Steve,
1: what are some of the, if you know, if you, you may or may not know this, but what are those other states doing? Uh, where Where is their, you mentioned sales tax, where is their sales tax compare? Um, what are some other ways they're generating the revenue, if not through income tax?
3: Well, it, it, through sales and excise tax specifically. Um, so, uh, and some of these states uh, tax specific products. And Illinois does some of that as well. Uh, but there are some states who, for example, have... Um, uh, higher sales tax on vehicles than than other um, than other products that are purchased. So, uh, they're they're managing uh, to and, and get, don't get me wrong. There's there's certainly less spending per capita in all of those states as well. Um, Illinois uh, spends a, a lot of money as well uh, as as uh, how much it takes in as far as an overall tax burden. Illinois. Can I
2: jump in on
3: that? <laughs> I, I, yeah, sure. Can you just let me? Can, can I just finish finish the point before Jill jumps in? I don't. I I don't want to. Okay, I, I'll make one more point. Uh, Illinoisans, according to WalletHub, have the highest individual tax burden in the entire country. Uh, that that takes several things into account. It takes in, in property tax, it takes into account sales tax and excise tax, it takes in real estate taxes and capital gains taxes and other types of income taxes. Um, so I, I don't think we need to look at this as a revenue problem. We need to look at it as a spending problem, but uh, Jill, go ahead and respond. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I wanted no, to. Just no, no, no. I just, that was you, definitely something
2: going. I wanted to address because sure, there is this, there is this idea that, um, you know, Illinois is this, you know, tax and spend state that we just, our taxes are out of control because our state spending is out of control. And Oh, the, you know, we just want to tax and spend tax and spend. And in actuality, that's just not the case in, in both um, um, cases of ta- um, taxes paid per capita and state spending per capita. We are middle of the pack or below. Um, we rank, I think, um, 22nd in terms of uh, state uh expenditures per capita, or wait, other way around, I think 33rd in terms of state um, expenditures per capita, and 22nd in terms of state taxes collected per capita. Um, so we are right at or below um, the average for the United States in terms of both taxes collected and state expenditures.
0: Hmm. Seems like a factual disagreement there. Um, wh- where did you get those statistics from, Joe?
2: Um, the Kaiser Family Foundation did okay. an analysis of fiscal year 2018, and that is based on um, census data and and tax data from the state.
0: Huh. And then, Steve, I think, you said uh, Wallet I, Hub.
2: Yes, and, uh, and, yeah. and I
3: do want to make a clarification. So uh, Wallet Hub looked at the overall tax burden, not just state taxes. So that also um, included local and municipal tax burdens. Uh, but it did so for every other state as well. So
2: Kaiser Family Foundation includes um, property taxes, sales taxes, license taxes, income taxes, and other state taxes. So, you're right. Our municipal taxes might be a little bit higher, um, but I would argue that's because of our flat tax. Um, You know, one of the things that our Constitution also says is that the state should have primary responsibility for funding K 12 um, education. And that just has not been the case for a long time. Um, Most schools are getting about 25 to 30 percent of their money um, from the state, and the rest has fallen. You know, on us to raise um, property taxes to pay to pay for our schools. Funding schools through property taxes is not the right way to fund schools. Um, and I understand why cities and towns, you know, when it comes to our own children, and we're asked to pay a little bit more to have high quality schools, we vote yes on that, um, and we end up, you know, paying higher higher property taxes as a result. I would love to talk about property tax relief, but we can't get there until the state steps up and. Um, you know, pays towards education.
3: If if we're looking for areas of agreement, I totally agree with Jill that schools should not be funded by local property taxes. So yeah, we're we're on board there. Cool. Well, I wish that was the time. This would be a
2: short podcast. We
0: Okay. Cool. See you later.
2: I want
1: I wanted to jump back to something that Steve had mentioned in his in his opening remarks there about this opens the door to, you know, local income taxes. Um, I'm, cu- I'm curious on the many other states that have, a, um, whatever we're calling it, they graduated income tax and how they, um, how are they taxed locally um, on income compared, compared to what we're talking about. And then, you know, are, are, have we seen where once a state, goes from a flat tax to a guaranteed where those local taxes increase to a point that was beyond where the state was before on a flat tax, if that makes sense. Whoever Uh, wants to jump in. uh, Justin, as far
3: as I know uh, there, I don't know of any cases where local income tax is more than state or federal income tax. I would be surprised if that was the case anywhere.
0: Um,
1: No, no, I, I I meant, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not articulating as well. Like, Once the flat tax goes away and it opens the door for local taxes um, to be there, local income tax to be there, if you add that local income tax to the uh, graduated, new graduated rate of the state tax, have we seen where that's now an increase over what it was with just a state flat tax? So once you add them together after the amendment, um, would it be higher? Does that make sense? Sure. No, that does make sense. I I think if we go with
3: the current graduated uh, uh, income tax, that's, that's proposed, uh, I don't think there'd be any question where, you know, it would increase the overall tax burden on just about everybody. Now, it would be up to municipalities whether or not if they were to to levy an income tax. Um, and, and you would probably get to a situation where you'd have some communities that did and some communities that didn't. Uh, when I lived in Ohio, that was the way that, that it was administered. Um, and uh, that led to a really complicated structure of people who would like live right outside of town, so they didn't have to pay the municipal income tax and things like that. <laughs> so, so I, I, I think I, if if a community were to choose to implement a, a, a municipal income tax, which they would be allowed to um, under under the new proposed language. I don't think there's any question that the overall tax burden would be higher than what it is right now, because even the decreases that people get uh, on the lower income spectrum, uh, lower levels of the income spectrum, the decreases that they get under the proposed amendment are are fairly uh, moderate. Uh, you're not going to see a, a sizable tax cut, uh, even if
1: you're in the lowest agree income that. bracket. You mentioned Florida earlier having a zero income tax bracket, bracket uh, state, state income tax bracket, but isn't it true that there are... Set up in a way where their local government municipalities can tax at different rates um, down there as well.
3: Yes, but that money stays local at that point. It's it you know it's not the uh, okay. it's not the state. Uh, Texas is is has the has a very similar uh, structure there. Um, mm. And to me, the and- the more. The more localized taxation gets, the better. I know. I just uh, I just refuted that by saying we shouldn't fund schools with property taxes. But I think when you're talking about education and giving people equal opportunities across the board, you can't fund it by property taxes because people in in w- that pay lower property taxes deserve the same amount of public education
1: as those who pay more. So uh, I, I don't think what schools. we know a-
3: example there? But,
1: yeah. Is there a percentage of our state income tax that goes back to local? Um, to, uh, I guarantee that it goes back local, not just trickle down when we can? There certainly is. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but th- that does happen. Sure. So, Jill, I, I'm wondering. I'm, the, I'm, um, I'm shooting these questions by the hip, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Jill, about the unintended consequences of it. Um, I'm interested in your take on those. Steve mentioned a few things, retirement income being taxed, um, like the possibility of people at lower incomes having higher rates or local income tax. Do any of those concern you?
2: Um, Well, it it sounds a little bit like you know, scare tactics, and I don't mean to say that, you know, necessarily about Steve, what he's doing, he's being very uh, even-handed, but uh, some of the commercials that you're seeing funded by the anti-campaign um, really make it sound like, oh gosh, if we vote yes on this thing, they're going to come after your retirement income, and they're going to, you know, raise taxes at will whenever they want. Um, the state legislature, A, can already raise taxes and change tax rates. They already have um several times in the last 10 years. So this notion that, um, oh, we're giving some brand new authority to the legislature, that's just not true. Um, As far as um, retirement income, there is nothing in the the legislation that will become law if we vote yes on the amendment um, does not have any plans for raising or for um, taxing retirement income. Could that happen down the line? Perhaps. Um, But it would be done at a, at a graduated rate um, if that happens. So you're talking about folks who, you know, have really generous pensions or things like that. Um, maybe they ought to be taxed. That's not part of the plan at all. This is me talking, not That's a, separate, a, yeah. The yeah, a Separate conversation. <laughs> there are other
1: states that, are, that tax. Yeah. We're are
2: one, one of only, taxes. only three states, I think that do not stay, or that do not have it have a law against taxing retirement income. Um, and then some of the other things that um, Steve said, like maybe we're going to have higher rates on lower income, that just doesn't make lot of sense to me. I can't see any any legislator (laughs) uh, proposing, hey, let's tax our lowest income earners at the highest rate, or let's raise the taxes on middle income earners, but not higher. Um, I just don't think that's very likely. And um, I will say that uh, the Center for Tax and Budget Accountability recently looked at um, states with graduated taxes over time. They're actually more than twice as likely to cut taxes as to raise them. So once the graduated income tax tax is put in place, it's more likely that we're gonna see those rates go down for middle and lower income um, than we are to see them go up. Whereas if we stay with a flat tax, I can pretty much guarantee you taxes are going to go up for all of us.
3: Okay. Tyson, can I can I yeah, respond? Go for it. Yeah, uh, go for it. Man. So I if we're looking for areas of agreement again, I, I, I totally agree with Jill that um there there has been misleading marketing uh, from from both sides in in mailers, in TV commercials, and, and part of the reason is you can't explain all of this in a one in a, in a thirty second or sixty second TV spot. Um, but uh, one of the more troubling parts of the marketing to me has been uh, comments from elected officials. Uh, the governor has said, you know, we're looking at possibly a fifteen percent income tax increase across the board. Uh, the lieutenant governor has piled on and, and put that number at 20. And I, I don't like that. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong. There's been there have been plenty of Republicans in the General Assembly who have, um, you know, done similar um, kind of uh, what I would call slippery slope or drastic claims. Uh, and I I don't like the fact that uh, we're to the point where politicians are blackmailing us <laughs> on the ballot where they present these ex- such extreme situations, you know, if this if this doesn't pass or if this does pass, here's what we're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. When like any issue there are multiple ways to uh, to solve it and get to the point where we need to be. Mm-hmm. That's uh,
0: interesting. I hadn't heard that, but the idea of like <clears throat> if this amendment goes down then that might be like, well, you know, we asked you guys, and right you know, if, if if someone's presenting, and, it and, and, but and it's it, also
2: and, reality. I mean, we we need to raise revenue. It's it's gonna have to happen one way or the other. And so, I agree, saying, "Oh, we're gonna end up raising taxes by twenty percent or fifteen um, percent." I'm not comfortable with with what the governor has said there at all, but I do think it's it's honest to say if this doesn't pass, then we will likely see income taxes go up for all of us.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, I I don't know if I agree with the 15 or 20% number, but I think it's fair to say that, hey, this is an option we have to raise funds. And if we don't do this, we're going to have to raise those funds still um, in some fashion. And they're saying that they're still willing to do that through income tax. Now, could there be other ways to Steve's point to do that by raising something else or cutting something else? Sure. But the governor and lieutenant governor said, we're going to raise income tax either way. We're either going to raise it on the richest or we're going to raise it on everybody.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about the marketing then. Um, You know, there's been, let's talk about calling it a fair tax. Like, do we uh, what do you guys? How do you guys feel about whether this is fair or not, and what fairness means in this situation? Maybe Joe, I'll let you go first on that one.
2: Sure. Um, it, when you talk about what's fair, it almost seems logical, like. Oh, we tax everybody the same rate. What could be more fair than that? Um, But what you find is that when you then look at um, not only income tax, but sales tax, property taxes, other taxes that we pay, um, the lowest earners in Illinois are paying 14%, a little bit more than that, um, of their income in state and local taxes, and the top earners are only paying about 7%. And the same. So, what's fair about that? <laughs> that the more you make the the uh, smaller amount of your income goes towards taxes, We have overburdened um, the lowest income earners among us, and and that certainly doesn't seem fair.
3: I, I actually agree with Jill on that. Uh, it's not fair uh, that we're in that situation. Um, the current tax uh, the current tax system in illinois uh, is is not fair. Um, but I don't think that a graduated income tax would be fair either. Um, it's not the the reason our, our current overall tax burden isn't fair, uh, isn't because the flat tax. It's because Illinois' complicated tax code. If, if we're going to have a flat income tax, it should be exactly that flat. The problem is we have so many exemptions, uh, so many loopholes for uh, for folks to get through these taxes in, in our complicated tax code. Uh, that, again, those on the lower end of the income spectrum end up paying a higher percentage of their income toward taxes. Uh, you know, factor in that people, the people taking advantage of the exemptions are almost exclusively above the median uh, household income level. Uh, we definitely have people with higher, higher income paying less of an overall tax burden. But the way to fix the problem is not a graduated income tax structure. Uh, The structure does not get rid of the loopholes and does not get rid of the exemptions that allow for uh, that type of behavior to take place. The way to fix it is to simplify the tax code, get rid of the loopholes, get rid of the exemptions that only the rich and only the corporations have access to. Uh, Make sure everyone's paying the same rate. And and without fixing that fundamental problem, uh, we're going to find ourselves in the same situation because we'll keep finding people with higher incomes. Uh, they'll keep finding loopholes, and they'll keep finding those exemptions in the tax code. So mm-hmm. fix the loopholes and exemptions that we have now and then see where we're at from a revenue perspective and consider a graduated income tax.
2: Steve, you- two minutes ago you were arguing we shouldn't have any income tax at all. Yes, I, so I totally we, agree with If we had that. a zero income tax, how? I mean, then you'd you still have that disparity of, you know, we're collecting taxes through sales tax and other um, taxes that we, we agree are are unfair.
3: Well, uh, sales tax is, you know, sales tax, everyone's tax burden is different under, you know, a sales or, or excise tax system because it depends on, on what you're buying and how much you're buying. Um, and, and, you know, when, when you talk about sales tax, you can include, uh, you know, Capital gains and things like that under a sales tax as well, buying and selling of, of commodities and stocks and and those types of things. But we don't uh, tax and, that. Correct, but but we could, and some states that have zero income tax uh, do that. And I think that's a much more more if we're talking about fairness, that's a much more fair way uh, because that includes consent, that includes uh, people consenting to the taxes that they are paying because they have to purchase or sell a product to. Uh, Or service to uh, to to incur that tax. It doesn't. We also have to be practical about this,
2: right? I mean, what's more likely to happen that we vote no on this amendment and then we say we're going to have zero income tax at all and go with the Steve Cease approach? Um, That's that's not likely to happen in Illinois anytime soon. Um, What is likely to happen is either we increase income tax on the high on the richest among us or we increase income taxes on everybody your 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 proposal isn't on the table right now
3: that's fair enough Wait, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 if 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 jill's asking me whether or not uh, you know my pie in the sky tax plan for illinois is possible in the near future i would agree with her that it's
0: no <laughs> that the answer is no on that so cool. um, hey, steve can we pause on um you, you've talked about, um, you mentioned consent for a few times. I know that's a kind of a, a libertarian, like buzzword. I just want to make sure that, um, folks are clear on what you're intending there. Can you just explain a little bit about how income tax doesn't involve consent in your view? Sure. Um, you don't make a conscious decision,
3: uh, to be taxed when you are, when your income is taxed, you're simply being punished for your labor, uh, at that point, um, with a with a sales tax, uh, at the very even though you didn't consent to the tax itself, you're consenting to purchasing a product. Um, so there's there's agency on behalf of the individual who's taxed in that situation. And I know this is getting philosophical and beyond the scope of you know the graduated mm-hmm. income tax, but um, that that that's kind of the perspective that I that I, I come at with with taxation issues. Um, so so that that's kind of the the clarity there. I know I know people will bring up things like uh social contract and, and you know other philosophical views that um would would be more friendly to uh non-consensual taxation. Um but uh, the social contract theory is, you know I never signed a contract. I don't know I don't know <laughs> uh, I've
2: had you issues you live in the society and benefit from uh, the services that are provided by society it, unless you're like off the grid living in the mountains <laughs> killing your own meat <laughs> you're benefiting sure uh and, but
3: there are plenty of things that i pay taxes to that i don't benefit from uh and, and uh, that that's where that uh, that consent argument starts to starts to lose traction uh you know i uh, it, in an ideal society, if you wanted to, if you wanted to tax, you could, you know, send every every uh, tax person a, a form and say, "All right, where would you like your taxes to go?" and and then and then, you know, even though you don't have uh, consent over the rate at which you're taxed, at least you have consent about what you're paying for. Um, so, so that could be a possible option, but again, we're getting into philosophical. Yeah. You opened a can of worms one, and we're, we're going pretty far down that tunnel yeah. right now. So anyway, I, uh, yeah.
0: one of the things you said one time when you were on the podcast, Steve, was that, um, you got to ask yourself, do you want to be a, a philosophy club or a political party? Um, and, uh, I, I, as a philosophy undergrad love philosophy, but, uh, I will, despite my urge to jump into that, I will uh, pull myself back. Sure. Um,
2: can, can I jump in on one thing? I've yeah, heard yeah, sure. Yeah. A couple of times that, that income tax is a punishment for labor. Um, I really just kind of take issue with that. Um, You know, as we were just saying, we all benefit from the services that the state provides. Um, So I don't see paying my income tax as a punishment for my labor. And when it comes to the graduated tax rate, um, the notion that someone, you know, making 27 times more than me somehow works 27 times as hard. Um, it's just that just does not hold up. Um, my, my dad was a diesel truck mechanic for, for his whole career. He worked, you know, 60 hours a week. He was under the trucks and he made about average, maybe a little bit more than average at the time. Um, there is no way that a hedge fund manager or a CEO was working, you know, 27 times or 100 times as hard as my dad so
0: yeah I, th- I hear you positioning taxation more as like a like a kind of a patriotic duty that we have to give back some, from the fact that we benefited from yeah, our society a, as that steve fair?
2: said i would make that social contract argument every time i don't yeah. have children but i am happy to pay taxes to you know support our public schools because i know that those kids who go to school and um, are gonna are gonna be paying the taxes and uh, taking care of me when I get older. They're gonna be my uh, nurses. They're gonna be you know people that help me out. So I'm part of that social contract argument. <laughs>
0: yeah, Justin, I feel like I've been kind of um, dominating this thing. Where, where would you like to go with the next?
1: No, that's OK. I, I, I felt like going into this podcast, if I talked less and Steve and Jill talked more, it would be a better podcast. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate their input. Uh, just getting back to the to the fair tax uh, amendment, what and we've talked through some of the disparities disparities uh, on the marketing. Um, I'll go to each of you, but I'll go to Steve first. Steve, what is out there that you think is blatantly not true that people should know that are listening to this podcast when they go to the polls? If you could give them one or two facts and then tell them one or two facts that they might be hearing that aren't indeed facts. What, what, be very clear on what you want them to know when they go to the polls.
3: Sure. And um, I, am not doing this to attack Jill, but it's a couple things that Jill has, has brought up. Um,
1: She'll get a first, chance to. It's okay. So, <laughs> uh,
3: the first, the first one, and Jill mentioned this uh, earlier in, in the podcast uh, that Springfield already has the power to raise taxes uh, whenever they want. It just has to be a flat across the board. And that's true. I, I, I don't dispute that fact. But uh, having a flat tax makes it harder for politicians to uh, raise taxes in the first place because such a structure, um, right now, a flat tax would have to raise taxes on everyone, which encourages accountability to the electorate. Uh, roughly 30% of the lawmakers who voted for the 2017 tax hike we either forced to retire or voted out of office in the midterms in 2018. Uh, Dividing taxpayers into smaller groups makes it harder for the public to advocate against tax hikes overall and uh, would help politicians kind of avoid that uh, dissent and accountability from the public at large, which we saw in the midterms in 2018. Uh, The other uh, the other issue being retirement income, you know, Jill mentioned that, you know, it might be something that we look that we that could be looked at in the future, but isn't on the table right now. And I agree with her on that. Uh, But the reality is all 32 states that have a graduated tax income, also tax retirement right now. Uh, It would become significantly more likely in Illinois uh, to uh, tax retirement income if we move to a graduated structure, because every other state with a graduated structure is doing it. Um, and the Illinois treasurer, uh, who is a Democrat, uh, recently confirmed that tax, taxing retirees would be more possible under the progressive tax. So, the retirement income argument, I think, is it's one that that is frequently the first thing to be refuted because there's a lot of advertising around retirement income right now because people know that uh, that retirees or soon-to-be retirees are likely voters. Um, that's just the reality of. Uh, you know our electoral system we see higher turnout as people get older um, that's starting to equal out a little bit it's certainly been better in the last decade as it than it has been in, in uh, you know previous part uh, points in American history but um, you know th- it is true that we will not start taxing retirement on November 4th uh, if this if the graduated income tax uh, amendment passes or, or the the uh, Tax, uh, income tax amendment passes even if we head to the graduated structure that that's on the table right now we wouldn't be taxing retirement income but the the reality of the situation is we are uh, much more likely to start taxing retirement if we adopt a graduated structure because that's the case in
1: every other state that does it okay jill what do you think what are people going to the polls um or or you know earlier or, or on november 3rd what are the couple things you want them to have in their mind when they're when they get to that question on the ballot
2: well, I mean, as I've said several times, if, if we don't pass this amendment, then we are pretty much voting to raise taxes on ourselves. Um, and to Steve's point that a flat tax makes it harder to raise the rates because you have to raise them on everybody, that, that sounds like an argument for an oligarchy <laughs> that we get that the top income earners get to hold the rest of us hostage um, because there's more of us than there are of them. Um, I think that the the fair tax or graduated tax um, is actually more democratic in that, you know, 97% of people will will benefit, um, and the 3% will just pay a little bit more. The one thing I think is not getting enough attention, and it's because it's really difficult to explain um, in a 30-second TV spot, but these rates that will go into effect if we vote yes on this are marginal rates, um, and so everybody... Talk about fair. Everybody pays the same rate on the first $10,000 that they make. Everybody pays the same rate on the next $90,000 that they make. Um, It's only when you make $250,001, you pay the higher rate on that $1. Dollar, it's not on your entire two hundred fifty thousand and one dollar income. It's every dollar above two hundred fifty thousand. Um, and I know that gets into complicated, you know, tax and you know. If I'm not an accountant or a tax attorney, um, but I which think is it, which is how is our
1: federal or, income taxes are. What's are, that? I'm sorry to interrupt, Jill. I said sorry to interrupt. I just, that's how our federal income taxes are. That's how everybody right. in the in the country is paying their taxes today. Right, um, but I think there's. And, this,
2: how, This understanding out there that like, oh, the minute I make $250,000, then I'm going to have to pay that higher rate. It's yes, but only on that fraction of your income. And so I think that's important for people to understand.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I always, I always like to talk about uh, during Eisenhower's term, how that top tax bracket was over 90%. uh, Right. Didn't mean they were giving away 90% of their income. Right. (laughs) Right. How many states, I don't know if we've touched on this, how many states currently have this graduated income tax, and how many states have a flat tax? Um, Steve mentioned how many have zero income tax, but do we know those answers?
2: There's um, nine states, including us, that have a flat tax, and I believe it's 33 that have a graduated income tax.
3: My source said 32, but it's it's close, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) maybe we would become the
2: 33rd, maybe that's what it is.
1: (laughs) And, and what was the last state to do to go from graduated or go from flat to graduated? What I remember reading it, but do either of you know? I, I can't do, remember who it was.
2: I do not know. I that off to the top
1: like of the Iowa. My head. Or, it was somewhere close to us, if I remember correctly. I was I was seeing if any of you knew of uh, consequences that may have happened that that we're not thinking about. But so I guess I got one more question, um, and then if Tyson has any, you can jump in. But despite your wishes. Um, I want to know what you think it's going to pass. Uh, so, so based, I mean, I, obviously, you have a desire, Jill. You want it to pass, and, and Steve, you do not. But just knowing Illinois, um, throwing Chicago in there because you have to. Um, <laughs> you know what? Do you think that this is going to pass on, no, on November fourth or November third? Do you think on November fourth we're going to wake up and see that yes or no? Uh, go,
2: well, I know that when it was polled as a concept, um, the majority of Illinois voters supported the concept of a graduated income tax now that it 's on the ballot, and we have all of these commercials out there you know saying, "Oh grandma 's going to have to pay against her retirement income and <laughs> oh we 're giving Springfield carte blanche. you know the fact that one guy has been able to sink fifty million dollars of his own money into, um, funding those anti, uh, campaigns. You know, I think that <laughs> that's scary that, that, that one person could have that much power to try and convince others to vote against their own interests. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I'm worried because of those, those commercials, but I do know that as a concept, the majority of Illinois voters support it.
1: Yeah. So you, 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 fear that this marketing campaign put on by, put on by the, the no votes, it might sway the state. Correct. Um, So you you got some, you got some fear. All right. What about you? What do you think? Well, I,
3: um, I I think I've seen just as many uh, uh, vote yes uh, advertisements or heard as many or seen it got as many mailers, um, which is strange because i i don't know who's sending libertarians uh mailers on voting voting yes for the graduated
1: i put, income I put your tax. name on every list oh
3: beautiful awesome thank you justin i appreciate it uh but i i you know i i i don't know if i've seen a disparity in in the marketing of the amendment um that jill's mentioning i, th- I think there's just as much uh yes advertising as there is no uh the i don't the the crux of your question uh First I'll say I don't think we're going to know on November 4th. I think this is going to be extremely close and because of how many mail in ballots we're going to have this year, uh, it it might be December before we really know uh, if this is passed or not. So uh, that could be a contentious month and I encourage everyone to uh, for for many reasons not just the the, the uh, graduated income tax amendment but um so I encourage everyone to uh, bear with uh, bear with each other as as we as our elected officials, you know, county clerks and and um, election authorities across the state do count those ballots, so I, I think it's about fifty fifty right now. To be honest, um, I, I it's wow. very it seems very very close to me um, that there are people motivated on both sides, and I think stuff like this is really important um, because it it helps to explain things in a way that a thirty or sixty second. Uh, television ad or you know a, a palm card in the mail couldn't explain it helps to clarify uh views from from both sides of the amendment and uh, it, it helps to educate voters instead of uh sway them you know i uh, jill and i have both given our opinions uh to, in a, uh, to what I would consider, a, a a very, um, a very fair way and in a very controlled way. And we've, we've been kind to each other the entire time. And I don't think that's how a lot of the conversation around the graduated tax is, is um, being taken right now. So, uh, but, but it, my honest opinion, it, it seems very close right now. Um, and yeah, no and one's it's, got it's, a prediction. That's right. Funny. And it <laughs> might be, it might be the one thing on the ballot where, there are a lot more undecided people. You know, I, I think we're very split uh, this election cycle. I, I don't think there's a lot of undecided voters, for example, on president of no. the United States. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of indecision on election day. But I think this is the one thing that'll be on the ballot where voters are, are uh, you know, you might see people uh, split, you know, uh, party lines on. You might see people uh consider an option that may be different than the candidates that they're on because this is a uh this is a it's it's a really interesting um interesting thing to be included on the ballot because again everything else seems like it's already decided but I know people who are still trying to make a decision on this.
1: Yeah, yeah I I had a conversation with someone the other day um about I asked them the same question. I said do you think that's we kind of going down the ballot and asking which, you know, what do we think is going to pass? What do we think is not? Who's going to win? And we got to this question and um, he brought up a good point. He said, you know, I think we're in a bubble because around here I think we see a lot of the vote no and, but maybe up in Chicago uh, maybe it's different. So I think, I think it just kind of depends on where you're at geographically in Illinois on where that marketing's targeted and what you're seeing. So I don't have a, I don't have a prediction either, but I just think that's, I think that's interesting that, Uh, Both of you who have very strong opinions uh, one way or the other um, don't have a prediction either. So I think you're probably right. It's probably going to be very close.
0: I I tell you, I was a strong yes. And then I got that mailer that showed the guy at his kitchen table, stressed out, his wife's holding a baby. I'm like, I don't know. Like I don't want to stress that guy out anymore. Like I better, better reconsider this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Going back to the, the conversation on marketing, um, I, I, I agree with Steve. I've seen them both, and I've seen them both probably equally. But I think the no's stand out to me because they're using so much more fear. Yes. Um, and, and I'm speaking specifically in TV. I get a lot of the mailers, too, but I don't pay as much attention to them. But when I'm watching TV and stuff, I see a lot of no and it's just so scary. Like It just sounds so scary if you were to vote yes on this, um, where the only fear I've seen from the other side is actually from the lieutenant governor and the governor talking about the 15 20% increase if we don't pass it.
3: Um, Which I haven't so seen I that in a, a commercial.
2: Has anybody? I mean, I haven't seen a commercial no, no, that. No,
3: those, yeah. those were those are just statements made. Right, for the press. Yeah. And, and, and Justin, I, I will agree with you. I, I'll I'll agree with you that the the no campaign has adopted a much more um, fear tactic. Negative marketing is what I would yeah. call it, probably yeah. in that situation. Can I? I want to make one point on marketing, though, and this is something that um, I wasn't even aware of until because uh, I. I uh, until I had looked at a, a sample ballot. And um, this has been a news story in the last few weeks. And that's the the actual language that appears on the ballot when voters are going to make the decision. And and there's a little explainer, which there should be, um, you know, for ballot questions. Uh, but I, I had some issues with the actual language that's on the ballot, um, because the language on the ballot, um, you know, kind of clarifies to say, you know, this this amendment is something that uh you know we need to have a tax structure uh which the federal government's already using the majority of other states already do which are factual claims but to me read like uh, sounds a little leading exactly a little bit leading and there was yeah. another set there's another sentence on the ballot later on where it says it gives the state the ability to impose higher tax rates on those with higher income levels and lower income uh, lower rates on those with lower income. Uh, but it, it, but in reality, the amendment gives, gives the state the ability to tax different income levels at different rates. And I know Jill said earlier, you know, she can't imagine a general assembly ever taxing lower income individuals at at a higher rate. Um, but essentially with all the loopholes and stuff that we have right now, that that's what our general assembly has already uh, adopted because only, only the folks who, who, uh, you know, are able to a, uh, have enough income for it to matter, and b have enough income to hire an accountant to go through the entire tax code or getting uh, those uh, getting the exemptions and the the rebates that those loopholes provide so i I, 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 I am concerned with the language on the ballot um, and, and this is a particularly and I, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on a side tangent here, but it's a particularly annoying thing for me because I went through this personally in 2018 when we had a local referendum on the ballot here in Bloomington. And the language was crafted specifically so it wouldn't get taken off the ballot, uh, So specifically so it wouldn't be leading. And that led to the language being uh, – convoluted but it was the only way that yeah, uh, you're talking about the bec correct uh, yeah. yeah but that but the language that was provided was the only way that we could guarantee it that it wouldn't get knocked off the ballot in a challenge process uh, because of having leading language or not appropriately explaining what it would actually do and, and you know that would have ruined hundreds of hours of work from volunteers and stuff like that so um the language on the ballot itself is something that um Personally, irritates me. I guess is what I would say, uh, because it's something that I've dealt with on a on a different
0: issue in the past. But Jill, Jill your reaction to that?
2: Um, I mean, I, I don't really take a lot of issue with that. The the ballot language, to Steve's point it gives the ability to charge different rates for different levels of income. That would have been probably a better way to state it. Practically speaking, I think it's <laughs> the, the way it reads is, is practically, you know, true. And, uh, that I don't see a time when we're putting higher rates on lower income. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but.
0: okay, well, I had one more uh, question, one more kind of a wrap up here. So, Um, reason I like talking to both of you guys, you're both reasonable and fact-based, you know? So, um, so let's, let's assume that things go the opposite of how you would like it to go. Um, what would be like if, as things play out in the intervening years, what would you be looking for to maybe say like, huh, I guess I was wrong. I guess maybe that I guess maybe the, uh, it worked out okay, even though I didn't have things go my way, what would need to occur?
2: you say that? So if, yeah. if so the, tax, you, if the so, amendment so, gets voted down.
0: Yeah. So like what, what might happen that would lead you to think like, oh, I guess it was okay that that got voted down in retrospect. Like what kind of thing would need to
2: occur? Gosh, that's really hard for me to even imagine that. Cause I don't see how we address, um, our, our budget problems without increased revenue,
0: yeah um, maybe so revenue guess, increases from another I was like gonna say if there's some and, really
2: creative way to increase revenues in a different way um that I haven't heard of <laughs> so far, um yeah. then maybe <laughs>
0: okay, so like so the the revenue piece looking at that, and if we can maintain the same maintain the same rates and find another way for revenue to go up new, yeah. or spending to go down without big damages to other people. Then
2: well, can they're... I say that the, the majority of our spending issue is is paying down debt. We've got a huge mm. debt problem because previous administrations have borrowed against mm. um, our pension debt. And so, I mean, this is a point I've made a lot on Facebook and in talking with friends. Um, you can cut spending, but you can't stop paying your debt obligations. And so the, we, we owe so much that I don't see how you address that without increased um, revenue. And
1: and if we continue to cut spending, that we're just going to see Veterans Parkway and
0: Route Nine get worse and worse. Right. (laughs) All right. How about you, Steve? So things go yes, but then you know a couple years from now, you're like, well, I guess that wasn't that big of a deal after all.
3: So the biggest thing that I would look at uh, would be how tax legislation in the General Assembly is passed. Uh, Is there a guaranteed amount of time that the tax structure is guaranteed for. Um, is there a uh, a law that passes that uh, disqualifies uh, municipal income tax? Um, you know, do we see more legislation that puts limits on the taxation powers of the state and local government uh, after this amendment gets passed? Uh, if that happens, uh, you know I. I still don't think that this is the the best course of action that our state could go in, but it's certainly um, better than a worst case scenario. So I would I would look at that and say, okay, if if the general assembly comes together and says, all right, these are the limitations that we're putting on our current tax code, and this is how many years, because you know, without putting a, a a date on when we're going to reexamine something. That leads to a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace, not just for individuals, but for uh, businesses as well. So um, I I think if we can we can look at how the General Assembly passes tax legislation afterward and and assuming that they're passing it um, with uh, specific limitations, uh, then then I could look back at this and say, you know, it didn't go the way I wanted it to, but it wasn't you know it wasn't such a horrific thing in, in the long run.
0: Cool. Well, I really appreciate the time you guys spent today. I appreciate, um, like Steve said, uh, just the opportunity to hear you guys talk through these things. I learned a lot. Um, I will admit, I actually did not know that the amendment wasn't putting in the new rates. I um, I thought that that's, I thought that was going to be part of it. So the fact that it just allows that was really interesting to me. Um, and then hearing where you agree and disagree um, on things was. Was uh, really fascinating. So, appreciate you coming in and um, modeling how to have a civil disagreement. We don't hear very many of those <laughs> recently. So, uh, well, before we wrap, another big thank you to our sponsors. Justin, can yeah, you? Yeah, I want to uh,
1: thank our sponsors uh we got uh bloom's coffee bar they're looking at 1209 and a half tawanda avenue if you know where the post office just moved from um over on tawanda um they were right in front of that it's a great little shop um we have a pod b and sticker right on their uh, little parking post i believe so um, they're good guys make sure to check them out and then don't forget normal gadgets uh they're on uh eldorado road in bloomington uh, they break anything laptops ipad your cell phone they can fix it for you and while you're there go ahead and check out the play normal esports too it's a pretty cool spot which you can send your kids you can go there yourself play some cool games all the newest games there so you don't have to go out and spend the money yourself to buy them at your house you can just you know pay a couple bucks and play them there for an hour see if you like them first so check out normal gadgets play normal esports and bloom's coffee bar all
0: right i think we are done
2: thanks tyson thanks Justin. yeah look
0: thanks a lot everybody of course thank you guys